12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mr. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son. To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Hey there everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Well today I'm bringing you another three episodes of season four. Today I'm gonna focus on season four episode 16, Daddy Rick, which aired on January 19th, 1986, and then the two-parter one for the Road, Parts 1 and 2, which aired on February 2nd, 1986 and February 9th, 86. So let's take a look at the first episode, Daddy Rick. During a mock marriage for school, Rick's classmate tells him that she's really pregnant. This episode has a 7.8 out of 10 based on 21 ratings. It was directed by Garen Keith, writers David W. Duclan, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Jim Guggen, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. We do have some guest stars here. We do have Suzanne Snyder, who plays Beth. We have Jan Bina, who plays the nurse. Paige Barnes, who plays Barbara. And Amy Dolenz, who plays April. So any one of those girls, except for the nurse, could be the pregnant girl in question. We'll just have to watch and find out. So, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I'd like to let you newbies know where you can find the podcast on social media. On Facebook at Silver Spoons Podcast, you'll find together we can fi- we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons Podcast. On Instagram, it's Silver Spoons Podcast. Uh, if you want to send an uh, email, talk about your favorite Silver Spoons memories comments on past episodes I've done or future episodes I plan to do, send an email to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you can do so by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, looking up the Punky Power, Punky Brewster Podcast, because that's where you will go to listen to all four seasons of Silver Spoons that I've reviewed so far. And just leave a review. All right, without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. I'm really, I'm looking forward to this one, but I'm even more looking forward to the part one and part two, which I'm going to do in one one episode, the two parts, so. So we come out of the intro, and Edward's coming down the stairs, and Rick just runs right past him, like, coming through, Dad, make way! 
And he's like, whoa, son, what's up? Why are you in such a hurry to get to school? Turns out that Rick's, quote-unquote, getting married today for his consumer economics class. And everyone took a compatibility test, and he gets to, everyone gets to find out who they got paired with. And Edward, of course, well, when Rick's like, oh, I'm getting married today, and Rick, or Edward is like, Gee, why is the father always the last to know? <laughs> but Edward's like, what does this have to do with economics? And Rick's like, well, it's a fake marriage. Basically, you're going to be balancing a budget, paying bills, and all that stuff. So I think this is a good idea. There have been other shows that have done I think Saved by the Bell did it. I think Family Matters did it with, you know, kids pretending to be married and learning what it means to co-parent and also balance a budget, pay bills, make dinner, groceries, housework, all the, you know, handle jobs, all that. I think that's good responsibility. It's balancing a checkbook. There's, granted, we don't use checks as much as we used to, but balancing a budget. So I'm going to play this clip. Excuse me, Dad. Sorry, coming through. I'm late. I'm late. Oh, oh what's your hurry? I'm getting married today. Why is the father always the last to know? It's for my consumer economics class. Mr. Williams had us take compatibility tests and is announcing who got matched with who. What's that got to do with economics? It's a pretend marriage. You see, we pick careers which gives us our income. Then we plan budgets and stay within them. Stay within a budget? That is a pretend marriage. We exchange vows and everything, you know? Till this course do us part. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be very happy together. Whoever she is. I'm hoping she's April Keating. Why, she have a good head on her shoulders? And a body to match. <laughs> I'm in a hurry, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I'll drive you. Fellow shouldn't have to walk to his own wedding. <laughs> Whoa! What about breakfast? None for me, honey. I told you I got that meeting. Yeah, none for me either, Kate. Rick, I asked you this morning if you liked your eggs scrambled. Yes, but I thought you meant in general. <laughs> no, I meant specifically this morning. I'm, I'm sorry, Kate, but I've got to run. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to be late to his wedding. <laughs> My goodness, exchanging vows and everything. So, Rick's hoping to get April Keating, and Edward's like, oh, why, does she have a good head on her shoulders? And Rick is just like, yeah, and a body to match. Like, okay, teenage boy. So, Edward offers to drive Rick to school. Like, a fellow shouldn't have to walk to his own wedding. Of course, they're practically out the door, and Kate comes in with her apron on. She's been cooking up breakfast. Edward says, honey, I told you I have a meeting I gotta get to. And Rick's like, yeah, um... I gotta get to school. And Kate's like, well, Rick, I asked you how you wanted your eggs, and you said scrambled, and it's just like, well, we can't. We gotta go. Like, oh my gosh. So I'm guessing this is after school, because we're at that hamburger place that is the popular hangout. And Brad, of course, he's wearing one of those, like, bachelor-type shirts that's got, like, the fake tux and bow tie on the t-shirt. So it turns out Rick didn't get April Keating, but Brad did, he's, and it's like, I can't believe you got her. And he's like, what's not to believe? We're a perfect match. And he blows a kiss to her, 
And she's just, like, rolling her eyes as she looks at him and goes back to using an emery board on her nails. So Alfonso got paired with Barbara, who's at least half a head taller than he is. And she's so excited to get working with him. So April is not keen on working with Brad, but then again, who would be? He's kind of a... Oh, sorry, Lynn. I didn't see you under the table. Looking at Rick's hair, it is getting longer, but it's almost like he's almost got a start of a little curly rat tail thing going on. So I'm going to play this clip here as everyone's kind of going off, you know, Alfonso and Barbara, you got Brad and April, and now, of course, Rick with the girl that he's with. I can't believe these cups all have something in them, but none of, they have straws in them, but they don't have top swims. Like, all it takes is a hot, like, bump of the elbow, and that, that cup's going flying, like, all over the place. You're sorry you didn't get paired up with April, aren't you? <laughs> what, me? No. Heck no. You're lying, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Lucky for you, we're friends. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't get paired up with Carl Nudsen. I sat next to him at lunch today. Carl's a real quiet guy. <sighs> You've never heard him eat soup. <laughs> Of course, you can sense that Rick wanted to be with April. It's like, oh, sorry that I got picked to be your partner, Rick. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. So now they're at Rick's house, and they're kind of going over the budget just to see where things are at. I'm sure, along with this fake marriage, they also have, you know, fake jobs and fake incomes and fake children. So really, what they're doing isn't any different than what I do every once in a while when I kind of want to see where we're at financially is... Add up all your expensive expenses, your bills, groceries, all that. And then, of course, once you get that total, you also want to total what your two incomes are. And, of course, simple math, you're going to subtract the total of your expenses from your income to see what you have left over, what you should have left over for the month to be able to work in other little frills. Say, if you want to go out to eat, you want to go out to a movie... You know, you want to buy concert tickets or something like that. You'll have an idea of what you're bringing in. Especially if you have a steady income where the hours are the same week to week. Of course, Rick's like, great, our budget looks awesome. So any th- we should be able to survive anything that Mr. William- Williams throws our way. And of course, she's like, well, wait a minute. We still haven't opened this envelope, this hazard envelope. Oh, boy. Basically, it's anything that you don't want to happen that could happen that could be a financial crunch in your income. Like if you got to replace a appliance or if you got to get something repaired, you got to take your car in. Un- unplanned things like that. All right, so it turns out I guess the rent was returned back to them because the landlord decided to increase it by 25%. That's a quite a bit, isn't it? That's quite a bit. But then again, what was rent back in 1986 or 8? Yeah. I'm going to shoot and say in 86. I bet anything rent was probably about f- between 3 and 500 a month for just something basic. Anything else other than that. Because right now, I don't think you can get a good place for pff, under 1200 But if you can, that's great. But... And especially, it depends. They live in New York. So, yeah. You can't find a closet for 1200 bucks a month, I wouldn't imagine. Okay, 
so let's see where we are. Well, we add up all our expenses in that column and our income from two jobs in that one. I already did that, and we come out even. Well, that's great. With this budget, our happy home can survive anything Mr. Williams throws our way. <laughs> Not so fast. We didn't open the hazard envelope. Dum, da, dum, dum. dum. <laughs> Rent control overturned. Landlord raises rent 25%. Oh, no. Now what do we do? One of us doesn't eat. Okay. Which one? The one with the biggest mouth. <laughs> I've got another way of saving money. What's that? Eliminate your makeup allowance. There's no sense in throwing good money after bad. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> I fell for that the last time. No, this time is different, I promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I lied. You make another crack like that and I'll finish this course as a widow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe you too. I gotta go. I'm meeting my boyfriend. Boyfriend? You're cheating on your husband already? <laughs> Come here. Forget it. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Kate wants to know if you're going to have dinner. No, I'm meeting Alfonso at Burgers. He's meeting Alfonso at Burgers! Why didn't he tell me? Why didn't you tell her? Well, I was going to, but then Beth came over and we started doing our homework, and one thing led to another before he I... He forgot! <laughs> there was this with Kate. She spent more time in the kitchen in the last week than in the last year. Son is a very good reason for that. And when I find out what it is, I'll let you know. <laughs> Want to shoot a few baskets before you take off? Sure. Let's do it. You know, I didn't want to say this, but it really bothers me when people don't tell me their plans and just leave me high and dry. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I really like Beth. She is a sweetheart. I love her her sweater too. It's really it's really nice. Um anyway, so basically due to the rent increase, um Rick's like, gosh, one of us isn't gonna be able to eat this month. And of course she's like, Well, which one? And Rick also makes a joke about, well, you know, we could always cut back on that ma all that makeup you're buying. Well, I like how she's like, he's like, well, which one of us is going to go hungry? She's like, well, you, you have the biggest mouth. It's, it's cute. And of course, he's like, come here. And he's like, no, I fell for that last time. And she, no, serious, come here. And he does. And she slugs him right in the shoulder. So, of course, she has to go meet her boyfriend. And Rick's like, wow, you're cheating on your husband already? <laughs> so, she leaves and... Edward's like, hey, are you going to be joining us for dinner? And Rick's like, well, I'm meeting Alfonso at Burgers. So, of course, Kate, like, the whole thing is like, why didn't you tell me? The same thing happened at breakfast. I made breakfast and no one bothered to be there. So, Edward's like, hey, you want to go shoot some hoops before you go meet Alfonso? And, of course, they leave. And then Kate comes in and complains, like, it's, I, I can't understand why people will not let me know what their plans are since I'm making meals and stuff. So it's like I'm talking to myself. 
Which I get it. I mean, if you have plans, well, basically, I, I guess he said he like basically forgot because he and Beth were doing their homework and it, you know, slipped his mind. So I'm gonna play this clip because Brad and Alfonso are kind of complaining about their fake wives. Like Brad's all like, "Oh, she's conceited and arrogant and blah blah blah." Let's talk about me for a change. And of course, Alfonso's like, "Well, it's not going great with Barbara." Because Rick's like, oh, does she still follow you around like a puppy? And he's like, yeah, a St. Bernard. He's like, I'm going to ask her for a divorce. <laughs> and Brad's like, oh, can I be there to watch? I've never seen a St. Bernard chew up a chihuahua. Oh, how's life with April? Well, she's conceited, stuck up, and self-centered. Just once I'd like to discuss how good I look. <laughs> how's Barbara? Does she still follow you around like a lovesick puppy? Yeah. St. Bernard. <laughs> I can't take her any longer. What you gonna do? I'm gonna ask her for a divorce. <laughs> I like to be there when you do. I've never seen a St. Bernard show up at Chihuahua. Hi, <laughs> Mr. Stratton. Bye, Mr. Stratton. Bye, Brad. Bye, Alfonso. Hi, Rick. Oh, good. You're home. I was afraid you were gonna be late. I am making lasagna. Oh, oh no. I thought you liked my lasagna. Honey, I love your lasagna, but Dan Andrews has some tickets to the next game. I told him I'd go with him. You oh. need to stop. This well, is then I time. guess it's just Rick and me. Uh, no. Well, actually, it's just you, Kate. <laughs> you see, I had dinner on the way home from school. Who has dinner before dinner? Yeah, really. Well, that's coming over. We have to work on our school project tonight. You know, I have been feeling guilty for months because I'm always going off to meetings and never having a chance to eat with you guys. Oh, that's okay. No, it's not okay. There's no reason why I can't be a homemaker and an executive, too. And just once, I would like to see us all sit down and have dinner like a real family. Just once. I'm free Sunday. Me, too. Then it's agreed we all eat together at the same time, 6 o'clock sharp. Um, how about 5.30? I was kind of hoping for 6.30. <laughs> 6, Six o'clock. It's a close one. So Everett comes in the door, and of course Kate's making lasagna, and she's so happy. Like, oh honey, I thought you liked my lasagna. And Edward's like, well, yeah, I do, but unfortunately, this guy at work offered me um, a ticket to go see the the next play. And, of course, Rick already ate on the way home from school, which is like, why are you eating before dinner? Or eating dinner before dinner time? And he's like, well, Beth's coming over to um, work on the project, our homework thing. So, Kate's getting frustrated. I get it, because she's like, well, before I was uh, always going to meetings, I could never really fit in time for all of us to just sit down and have dinner together. And I'm trying to be an executive and be a homemaker at the same time. Which is understandable. So, she's like, let's set a time. How about Sunday? And 6 o'clock, and Rick's like, well, what about 5.30? And Edward's like, well, I was thinking 6.30. And Kate just looks at them like, we are going to have a dinner. If I have to tie you two to your chairs. They're like, 6 o'clock, yes, that will work. How much you want to, this is, I don't think it's going to go this way, but I was thinking, like, what if, like, she's like, forget it, I'm not making dinner, and then the guys come home hungry, and then there's like, well, you can make yourself sandwiches because I already ate. That would be an, that would be 
a hilarious turnaround. So now Beth's going to come over for homework. Hi. Hi. How's the little woman? <laughs> okay. I went ahead and did some work on our project. Oh, that's good. I've been looking through the classified for an apartment, and I think I found one we can afford. It even has indoor plumbing. <laughs> nice going. <clears throat> Listen to this. One bedroom, full kitchen near schools. That's great. In case Mr. Williams throws a couple of kids our way. <laughs> oh, no. What's wrong? Nothing. Beth, don't tell me nothing. I hate it when something is wrong and people tell me nothing. Now, what is it? Forget it. I hate forget it even more. Come on, we're friends. You can tell me. No, I can't. What is it? Did you and Bill have a fight? I said I don't want to talk about it anymore. I knew it. You did have a fight. We didn't have a fight. Then what is it? I can't tell you. Why can't you? Rick! I want to know why you can't. Because I'm pregnant. Well, I guess you didn't have a fight. <laughs> so Rick opens the door, and Beth, you can just tell by the expression on her face, something is going on, because she just... When we first saw her, she was, you know, vim and vigor and, and just, you know, a bright, sm smiling face. And here it's just, like, something. And just her demeanor. She's, like, he's like, oh, I found an apartment for us, you know. And it's close to the school, so if Mr. Williams throws a couple kids at us. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And it's like, yeah. He's like, what's up with you? I mean, and she's like, nothing, don't worry about it. And he's like, no, 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 seriously, what's wrong? She's like, I don't want to talk about it. So basically, he, he gets on her like, look, did you and Bill have a fight? It, it was a fight, wasn't it? And she's like, no, no, it wasn't a fight. And he's like, what is it then? And she's like, I'm pregnant. And it's just like, oh, boy. And he's like, oh, so I guess you didn't have a fight. Well, she probably did have a fight with her boyfriend if she probably told him and he probably is like well we're gonna go get this taken care of or he's like just like how do I know it's not mine or something to that we don't know we don't know if that's the case because we kind of cut out on that scene you know go to commercial like, oh and as I said um last week when I was talking about this episode how other shows that have dealt with teenage boys that have friends that are female that are pregnant and then the parents all like you know you and I had that talk right you know the birds and the bees and this and that why is it always because they did that in Mr. Belvedere and I'm sure there have been other shows that have done that as well where the pa the parent of the boy thinks Oh, well, this clearly, because it's my son and this girl's pregnant, clearly my my son has been doing something he shouldn't be doing or gotten in over his head. It's like, just because he's friends with a female classmate that happens to be pregnant doesn't mean the baby is his. I just, I don't like shows that, where the parents automatically assume. It's like, come on. And, I mean, Edward's pretty sharp in some ways, but I really hope that this is not one of those times where 
he immediately just assumes that Rick and this girl slept together and now she's pregnant. So, we'll find out whether or not that happens. I can't believe this. How could something like this happen? What I mean is, how could you let something like this happen? Oh, it wasn't Rick. something we planned. That's the wrong thing. But how could you even... We never planned on going as far. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, you've never had sex Yes, I before. would. Really? You've had well, sex every time we said we wouldn't. Every time? <laughs> I knew you wouldn't understand. Does Bill know? Uh-uh. Oh, he doesn't know? Shouldn't you tell him? No. He'll just want to do something stupid like quit college and marry me. You don't quit school in your freshman year. He's got to do something, Beth. Why? <laughs> this is my fault, not his. Your fault? Where was he while oh, all I this knew was... I shouldn't have told you! How many people have you told? Including you, one. You haven't told your parents? Are you insane? I know, that's a stupid question. Are you going to keep it? I don't know. Are you going to give it up for adoption? I don't know. Now, will you stop asking me all of these questions? I've got one more. <laughs> Are you sure you're pregnant? Rick, women know when they're pregnant. How late are you? Two weeks. Oh. <laughs> Is that late? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think so. Well, maybe you're not pregnant. Maybe you're getting upset for nothing. Go, go see your family doctor. Are you kidding? He might tell my parents. What about those people who came to our high school last year? You mean that clinic? They could help you. I'm scared of doctors. I can't even watch St. Elsewhere. I'll go with you. You do that for me? You know how that's gonna look? Hey, it's the least a husband can do. <laughs> so right away, when we come back from commercial, Rick is all about, how could you do something like this? How could you let this happen? And Beth's just looking at him like, really? Really? And she's like, look, it wasn't something we planned. Just after, a, you know, every time. She's like, we never planned. You know, her and her boyfriend, Bill, never planned on going, you know, as far as having sex. They probably got as far as, you know, making out and everything. And then you know how it is, guys. If you've been with someone and things happen. So she's like, you see... She's like, you wouldn't understand. It's like, Rick, no, you wouldn't because you've never had sex before. But then again, he's been out with girls. We don't know that he's whether he's gone that far or not. More than likely, he hasn't. But he does know how babies are made. So she's like, every time we promised we would never go that far. And he's like, every time. It's like, dude, you're judging her. Why are you judging her? So, of course, Rick asks the question, like, does Bill know? And... Beth's like, no. And Rick's like, don't you think that he should? And she's like, no, because then he'll drop out of college and marry me. Which in her eyes is doing something stupid because no one drops out in their freshman year of college. Granted, remember, this is 1986. And I'm like, he, Rick is definitely asking questions like, 
are you going to keep it? So there's the abortion question. Um, the the other question, are you going to put it up for a day? And she doesn't know. It's like, dude, she probably just found out she was pregnant. And she hasn't told her parents. He's like, why don't you go to the your family doctor? It's like, I really think that's... She's like, no, because then he'll tell my parents. So Rick's like, well, wait a minute. What about that, the group of doctors um, that work at that clinic that came by to our school? They're probably all talking about, you know, abstinence and um, protection and um, what to do if you accidentally get pregnant and, you know, a safe place to come to. So she's like, uh, a clinic? And he's like, yeah. I mean, I'll go with you if you want. And she's like, you'd do that for me? He's like, yeah, what's a husband for? You know, because they're in a mock marriage. So now we're going to get to the clinic. Well, I get the impression that maybe someone who knows Rick is going to see him at this clinic with Beth and put two and two together and think, oh no, he knocked up a girl and he's going to ruin his life and everything. So it's called Whitewood Clinic, and he comes in wearing a suit in a suit jacket and tie. So are they gonna pretend to be a married couple? I don't know. Yes. Uh. Can I get birth control information here? Yes, you can. Birth control? What are you doing? These brochures will answer most all of your questions. Thanks. Mm -hmm. You know, this is refreshing. We meet so many young people in here who've never even heard of birth control till it's too late. <laughs> is held in strictest confidence. It's Beth. Beth McMillan. Good. Now, the only other thing we're going to need is this specimen. I'll be right back. Not you, her. Kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Does he do bedpan jokes, too? <laughs> so, Rick and Beth walk into the clinic, and... She goes up to the nurse and asks for birth control information. Rick, of course, is like, what are you doing? So the nurse, of course, is like, this is so nice and refreshing. See, we usually don't get young people in here asking for information on birth control. So in a way, it's almost like she's thanking the girl for being responsible. So this is a trope you do see in shows where there's a noise in the background and a person has to shout. And of course, once they get to the revealing part, of course, because we have a guy who's got one of those like floor polishers that's making a lot of noise. And as soon as he, you know, cuts it off. So she's like trying to, Beth's trying to get it. I want to know. I want to know. And the lady's like, what's that? I can't. What? And Rick's like, she wants to know if she's pregnant. And uh, uh, we got a couple that are sitting in the chair. One lady clearly 
very far along and then a couple other people. So it's like, oh boy, it's embarrassing. Now mind you, of course, Beth said she was late as far as with her period. And of course, Rick's like, are you sure you're pregnant? Like, how late are you? And she's like, two weeks. And he's like, oh, is that, is that late? What is it usually the customary? Like, if you're late at least two weeks to three weeks, you probably want to take a pregnancy test. She clearly hasn't taken a pregnancy test, but she just assumes, clearly, I must be pregnant because I'm late. And, you know, she slept with her college boyfriend. He's a freshman in college who's dating a 16-year-old girl. So the nurse is just, pro you know, this is just protocol, you know. I need your name. And Rick's like, well, what do you need that for? And of course the nurse is like, so we know what to call her. So Beth's worried, like, are you going to tell my parents? And the nurse is like, don't relax. It's okay. All our information is held in the strictest confidence. Of course, like HIPAA and all that stuff. You know, your information, they're not going to give your information out to anyone. Even if she's 16 years old. Like, that's why she wanted to avoid going to her family doctor. Of course, the nurse goes to him, Beth, a cup that you got to pee in because they want to test her to pee to make sure she's 100%, you know, actually pregnant and not just late. Rick takes it like, oh, okay. And it's like, uh, that's not for you, bud. That's for her. Your pee isn't going to tell us anything unless you're, you know, using some form of drugs of something. Then, <laughs> But anyway. And he's like, I'm kidding, as he brings it back. And, of course, the nurse is like, does he do bedpan jokes, too? All right, let's find out the results. We see Rick, he's kind of, he's nervous. You know, like any expectant father that they're going to show, like, all nervous in a chair. Like, oh. Beth comes out with the nurse, and I don't know. Is she pregnant? Is she not pregnant? Is it a false alarm? Let's find out. again in a week right also if Beth wants to apply for any type of financial assistance she'll need this it's proof of pregnancy thanks thanks a lot so it turns out Beth is in fact pregnant and when Rick goes to her and just wraps his arms around her and she starts to cry, it's like, oh, Beth, my heart goes out to you, girl. It really does. I just, I love this side, this nurturing side of Rick. Because the, the nurse is like, oh, are you the father? And he's like, no, no, I'm a friend. And he takes her information so she can, you know, get financial aid, whatever she needs as far as for the baby and also, you know, proof of pregnancy. And he puts the stuff in his pocket and leads her out the door. Oh, boy. I bet Rick. Oh, man. I bet he left that in his pants pocket. And that is how Kate and Edward are going to find out and think Rick knocked up a girl. Because Edward comes down with some laundry, I guess, that's going to be sent to the cleaners. And he just found some change in his pants. 
And, of course, like, oh, um, did you check Rick's pockets? And he's like, well, last time I did that, I found, like, a dead frog. And Kate's like, well, he's not 11 years old anymore. He's not playing in the pond. He was 12 when he came to live there. All right, here's a clip. Oh, did you check all the pockets before I take them to the cleaners? Just mine. Last time I checked Rick's, I found a dead frog. <laughs> That was when he was 11. He doesn't play in the pond anymore, so go ahead and check him. Hey, hey so far so good. I found 32 cents. <laughs> oh, I am no. thinking of having rice pudding for this Sunday night dinner. Oh, no. Peach cobbler? Dear God. Okay, we'll skip dessert. It's not that. This was in Rick's pocket. Pregnant? Rick got Beth pregnant? I can't understand it. He used to tell me everything he did. <laughs> well, didn't you have one of those man-to-man -man talks? Well, yes, I did. Of course I did. And I thought I did a pretty good job of it, too. Maybe I confused him with all those charts and diagrams. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll be in the kitchen until spring. Rick? Yeah? Sit down, son. Sure. Why don't you sit down, too? Good idea. Rick, we've always had an honest open relationship, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, if you had a problem, you could come to me. And if I had a problem, I could come to you. Right. So what's your problem, Dad? <laughs> and I don't have a problem. Well, correct that. I have a problem, but not as big as yours. Is this a contest? <laughs> Rick, I was getting the clothes ready for the dry cleaners, and I found this. Oh. So you know about Beth? Yeah, I know about Beth. We didn't want to tell anyone about this. I bet. I can't tell you how shocked I am. Yeah, well, it kind of took me by surprise, too. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you think I'm the father? You mean you're not? Of course I'm not. Dad, how could you even think that after all those charts and diagrams you showed me? Well, I... Dad, I cannot tell you how shocked I am. I misunderstood. I'm sorry. Did Beth tell her parents about this? No. Well, I think it'd be a good idea if she did. So do I, but she doesn't want to. She's going to go through this all alone? Except for me. Rick, don't you think you're in a little over your head? Why? Just because I'm only 15 and I've never been in this position before and I got a C minus in Mr. Boswell's sex education class? <laughs> of course I'm in over my head, Dad. So Kate, of course, is thinking about what dessert to make for the Sunday dinner. You know, rice pudding, peach cobbler. And we just see Edward pull that 
proof of pregnancy slip out of Rick's pants pocket. And he's like, oh no. Oh god, no. I was like, of course, for a father, this has got to probably be one of the worst things that he could find out. Just the idea that he's going to be a grandfather by through his 15-year-old son. And, of course, he hands it to Kate. And, of course, Kate's like, pregnant? Rick got Beth pregnant? And it's like, well, it, it looks that way. And, of course, Kate's well, like, wait a minute. Didn't you have one of those talks with him? One of those man-to-man talks? And Edward's like, well, yeah. I mean, with charts and diagrams and everything like that. And I thought, maybe I just didn't do a good enough job. I'm like, he's 15. He's a teenager. He has hormones. He's interested in, you know, the opposite sex. So... Aside from charts and diagrams and discussing all that stuff and how babies are made, did you ever once think, son, I know that I would prefer if you wait till marriage and, you know, all about abstinence and whatnot. But he didn't think, like, even though this is, I want you to wait, I know that I can't stop you from going out there and having sex, so give him the information that he would need, you know, about protection, about sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, this is the 80s. AIDS was very, very high up at this point in time. I, I mean, I don't know what those diagrams said. Clearly, it's all about the birds and the bees and the... the, the, the but you're talking... You're not talking about everything else that comes with having sex and taking precautions and all that stuff. So Rick comes in and Edward's going to have to sit him down and have a talk with him. Kate, of course, is like, I'm going to the kitchen. Don't bother to come get me until like spring. <laughs> Rick's going to go shoot some hoops. Edward says, son, can you sit down for a minute? And Edward is just, he is a nervous wreck having to, you know, break this news to Rick about what he found. And he's just kind of pacing and Rick's like, hey, dad, why don't you sit down too? So he sits down next to Rick and it's like, you know, Rick, we've always been able to talk about things. And if I had, you know, if you have a problem, you'd come to me. And if I had a problem, I'd come to you. And of course, Rick's like, okay, dad, what's the problem? And it's like, no, the problem's not with me. The problem's with you. Says, I found this slip here in your pants. And he's like, oh, so you know about Beth's pregnancy. So, of course, Rick's words are like, oh, well, we didn't want to tell anyone about this. Of course, Edward is just like, I bet you didn't want to tell anyone. I can't believe how shocked I am. And and Rick's like, yeah, I'm shocked, too. It could, took me by surprise. He's looking at Edward and it's like, wait a minute, do you think I'm the father? And Edward's like, you're not? He's, and, and Rick's like, of course I'm not. Rick's like, Dad, how can you even think of that with all the charts and uh, diagrams that you showed me? It's like, I'm 15. So Edward asks if Beth has told her parents, and Rick's like, no. And Edward's like, well, I think she needs to. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know, but she doesn't want to. And Edward's like, what, is she going to go through this all alone? And of course, Rick's like, well, she's got me. And even Edward's like, son, don't you think you're a little bit in over your head? like why would that be just because <laughs> I'm only 15 and I've never been in this type of a situation before and I got a C minus 
in sex education or what do you say uh mr boswell's sex education you got a c minus really oh my gosh i mean beth hasn't even told her baby daddy yet and of course i mean she's not gonna tell this is back in the 80s where Girls were probably scared they're going to get kicked out of their homes, be sent to an unwed mother's facility, shamed, you know, by her classmates and ridiculed by the whole town, be an unwed single mother, you know, trying to make ends meet, work two, you know, that kind of thing. So now we're going to go to Burgers and kind of see, hopefully... Whether she's told her parents, whether she's told her boyfriend, Billy, I, I don't know. I'm going to worry. I really wonder if... Okay, I want to make sure. Um, I double check because there's something in season five that comes along. So um, I don't want to spoil anything. All I'm saying is we. this isn't the last we see of Beth. So, all right. So let's find out what happens at Burgers. Is Rick going to tell his friends? Because it's like, you don't want to be spreading gossip. If she hasn't told her parents or her college boyfriend, the last thing she wants is for the school to know. And it's a big scandal. And she's, you know, shamed and ousted as a slut. We don't want that for Beth. She's a sweet girl. She realized she and her boyfriend went too far. And she wound up in this situation. So Beth is out here dancing like... She's not carrying a baby. And of course, I'm sure Rick's probably like, what are you doing? Dancing? You can't dance in your condition or something like that. But let's find out. I mean, she's really, really happy. And I'm like, okay, you were depressed and, you know, sad because you're pregnant. And now all of a sudden you're happy, happy, joy, joy. What's up with that? Is she on something? It, see, now I'm, I'm sorry. I'm apologize, Beth. I'm sorry, Beth. I didn't mean to jump to conclusions. You were supposed to meet me at the doctor's. I got busy. Hi, dance? Beth, you can't pretend you're not pregnant. So you don't want to dance? <laughs> what is a girl? Hey, Rick, you gonna let your wife carry on like that? <laughs> you know what I'm really sick about, Fonzo? Marriage jokes. I wish I hadn't taken that dumb class. Yeah, it's a real stupid course. Get all the problems in marriage and none of the benefits. <laughs> Beth, you shouldn't be dancing like that. How about like this? <laughs> that can't be good for your baby. What do you know about babies, huh? Nothing. And neither do you, Beth. That's the problem. Wait up! I can't. This is too big for you to handle alone. And it's going to get even bigger. Look, maybe it's time to talk to your parents. Not that again. Yes, that again. It's not like you can keep this a secret forever. Don't you ever stop. What do you want me to do? Just stay home and dry up for the rest of my life? You're a drag, Strand, so just back off. Back off. So Rick is trying to talk to Beth. She's dancing. He's like, oh, you shouldn't be dancing in your condition. You can't pretend that you're not pregnant and everything. She's like, you're a drag and everything. Just back off. It's like, it's like you need to tell your parents you can't do this alone because this problem is going to get a lot bigger. And she finally just like shoves him off and just like leaves the restaurant. I mean, I get 
that Rick is concerned about Beth. Granted, what can he really do? He's not her husband, even though it's a mock school class marriage. And he's not even her boyfriend. And the thing is, I get Rick is caring, but sometimes he can be a bit intrusive. To the point where he does kind of need to back off and let Beth do what Beth is going to do. He can give her advice, but the way he's all like grabbing her arms like, No, Beth, listen to me! You can't be dancing! You're pregnant! You need to tell your parents! Like, dude, Beth's right. You do need to step off. Because at the end of the day, Rick, this isn't your problem. This is what Beth is dealing with. You're not Beth. You're not the one who's pregnant. So, we'll find out what's going to happen. Oh, it's Sunday. The sit-down dinner. What does he... Edward got a little something in that bag. What's he got for his girl? Why do we... I bet anything that something's going to happen, Beth-related, that's going to ruin this sit-down Sunday dinner. What do you think? So, of course, Kate wants to make 100% sure. Like, there's no other plans, no business meetings, hockey games, no poker plans, none of that stuff. Of course, (laughs) Edward makes a joke about them being the Cleavers, like, Ward, June, and the Beaver. And we see Rick. I don't know what he's doing. Is he working on homework? Probably working on that uh, marriage class by himself. Coming over to work on that project, huh? We'll see how well that goes. He brought some wine? That looked like a little bag at first. That was like a bet. Like he stopped at the jewelry store and got Kate a bracelet or something. So Rick, I guess, is sealing an envelope. I'm not sure. Oh my gosh! Did he write a note to Beth's parents to say that she's pregnant? If he did, that's going way too far. Rick, come on now. I know you want to help out, but you got to let Beth do what Beth is going to do. Let's find out what happens. Okay. Let me guess. You want sure. a party so she can go get drunk and forget she's pregnant? <laughs> Mr. Williams gave me a budget sheet back. We got an A. Try and control your excitement. Mr. Williams gave me a hazard envelope. Let's see what he's throwing at us this time. Oh, he wrote that himself. <laughs> pregnant? Did you tell Mr. Williams? No. Then how come we got this? Relax. William, Mr. Williams made half the girls in the class pregnant. (laughs) You you know what I mean. So help me, Rick, if you squealed. Beth, I didn't squeal. I keep my promises. Now calm down. Let's adjust the chart so you can make your your party. Chapter 7 covers it. Come on. I'll look it up. Wow. Look at all this stuff we have to buy. A crib, a mattress, mattress cover, blankets, clothes, furniture. 
And look at this medical expenses, $3,000. It costs 3000 bucks just to have a baby. No, that's got to be wrong. It's right here. Plus, you stop working for six months. Our income falls in half. No, it doesn't. It really does, Beth. But we save on tuition for law school. You won't be able to go. I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. We have to. It's due tomorrow. I don't care. I don't want to deal with stupid budgets and checking accounts. I don't want to deal with this class. I don't want these books. I don't want to be pregnant. You guys need to go. Just... talk to her parents, you can talk to Kate, you know, a womanly view would definitely help. Guys, this is a good episode. Oh my, this is a, wow. The girl who plays Beth, she's knocking it out of the park with her acting. She's doing so good. Okay, so let's go back. She comes in, of course, she says she wants to go to a party. Let's wrap this whole marriage class thing up. So, remember how I said I thought, like, oh, is Rick, like, writing a note to tell Beth's parents that she's pregnant or something? No, actually what it is, it's one of those hazard cards, but Rick ended up uh, making, you know, his own to kind of look at the situation that Beth is in and the seriousness. She hands him a paper and says, we got an A on um, the last assignment that we had turned in. And he's like, oh, we got a hazard card. And um, they open it. And she immediately turns to Rick like, did you squeal? Did you say something to the teacher? Did you tell him that I'm pregnant? And he's like, no, I didn't say anything. And he's like, half the girls in the class he made pregnant. Which makes sense because these kids, it's not all about budgets. Like, odds are, yeah. A scenario is going to come up where, you know, the girl gets pregnant and it's not planned. And how are you going to deal with this? The finances and all that stuff. So he's like, all right, let's look at chapter seven that talks about pregnancy and babies. So we can adjust our financial chart and that way you can get to your party. Starts going through the list of everything they'll need. It's like going through like crib, mattress, mattress cover. Blankets and clothes. Furniture? Nowhere does he say diapers or formula. But then he says, wow. Look, it you know, medical expenses. It costs $3,000 to have a baby. This is 1986. How much does it cost to have a baby in 2020? Probably at least three times that. So when he says it costs $3,000 to have a baby, does that mean just in the early years? Or is that counting from age infancy all the way to age 18? Beth's like, no, 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 that's got to be wrong. He's like, no, it says it right here in the book. Apparently you go on maternity leave for six months. I've never heard that. I mean, maybe that's how it was back in 86, but maternity leave for most jobs is what? Maybe six weeks? Maybe eight tops, maybe just even a month. 
I think there's even a maternity leave for uh, fathers, too. I hear that's a thing. I mean, it wasn't back in 1986, but... And he... It's almost like he's trying to get her to realize just how serious this is, where, like, our income falls in half. And it looks like only one of us is... We'll save for tuition on law school. You won't be able to go. This must have been also, like, their chosen... You know, pick a card. This is what your career is going to be. And she finally, she gets so angry and frustrated. It's like, it all comes bubbling to the surface. And she just, like, no, that's not right. She's like, I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, but we have to. It's due tomorrow. She just gets so angry and just throws her books. And she's like, I don't want to deal with budgets and checking accounts and I want to deal with this class and I at one point I'm like okay I think Edward and Kate are gonna because she just starts yelling and just screaming and finally just breaking down and crying and my heart breaks for this girl being in this situation she's like I don't want to be pregnant and she just covers her face and Rick goes to her like to put a hand on her and she's like don't basically like she moves away like, don't touch me. That's when Edward and Kate, of course, come in. And Kate immediately goes to Beth like, Beth, honey, do you want to go upstairs so we can talk? And Kate leads her upstairs. It's like, I think she does need to talk to a woman. If not her parents, at least Kate can be there to listen and, and, and cry with her and everything like that. I'm sorry, Rick's a great guy. And he can be supportive, but he is kind of being pushy. Like, I know that he wants her to know the seriousness, and she does. That's why she's so upset. I love Kate here. She is so maternal and just, she knows what Beth needs, like, right now emotionally. She doesn't need to keep being hounded by Rick. How long have they been up there, Dad? Son, when two women are together in the bathroom, time stands still. <laughs> She had a lot to tell Kate about. Edward, Rick. I'll be taking Beth home. She's decided to tell her parents. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Maybe it won't be as bad as you think, huh? I hope you're right. Mm -hmm. Rick. I'm really sorry for the way that I treated you. That's okay. What are friends for? Thanks. Oh. Uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> we'll keep your dinner warm. That's supposed to be my line. <coughs> What'll happen to best now? I don't know. Well, at least now she'll have her parents to help her. No matter what she decides, life will never be the same again, will it? So Rick, of course, is like, what's taking Kate and Beth so long? Why are they... And Edward's like, Rick, when two girls go into a bathroom together to talk, it takes quite a while. So Kate and Beth come down, and Kate is going to take Beth home. She says Beth's finally decided to tell her parents. Edward's like, I think that's a good idea. I hope it goes well for you. And Beth even goes over to Rick and apologizes. Like, I'm sorry for the way that I treated you. 
You didn't deserve that. And she kisses him on the cheek. And she and Kate leave. And and Rick's like, what will happen to Beth now? And Edward's like, I don't know, but at least you'll have her parents to help her. And Rick says, no matter what she decides, her life will never be the same again. It's like, that's true. It won't. She's going to, whether, you know, if she keeps the baby, gives it up for adoption, you know, we don't know. I mean, we won't find out until um, season five when we see her again. You know, we don't know how her parents react. Do they kick her out? Do they support her? Do they say, you're not keeping the baby? We're going to take you to get an abortion? I don't know. This is one of those serious episodes. I think this was done very, very well. Doesn't glorify teen pregnancy, but at least it shows a girl that she has, you know, options whether to keep it or whether to give the baby up for adoption. And of course, being the 80s, of course, it did bring up abortion. Um, The first movie I ever saw that dealt with a teen pregnancy would have been the movie that came out, I believe, in 1998 called 15 and Pregnant. Which starred Kirsten Dunst and Park Overall. I am I do plan to do that cover that movie on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast in May for for Mother's Day. So check that out. I am hands down, guys. I'm giving this five out of five. This was such a good episode. I like that there weren't a lot of jokes or anything in it. As far as we did get a little bit between Brad and Alfonso, and that's really. Just the serious, I like that they kept on track with the seriousness and everything. So they went through Beth finding out she's pregnant, Rick helping her out and seeing what her options are to Beth, you know, trying to come to terms with her being pregnant. I know she doesn't want to be pregnant and everything like that. And Rick kind of pushing her to accept, like, you can't change this. The fact that you're, you need to realize that you need to deal with this. I know that Rick kind of comes off pushy and everything, but he does truly care about her and wanting to help her realize, you know, that things are going to change. I mean, like I said, five out of five trains I'm giving in this episode because the acting by the girl who plays Beth just was wow. That was wow. I mean, that breakdown just... Gives me chills. Just. And just, you know, Edward and Kate being supportive. You know, especially, you know, Kate talking to Beth. We don't see the conversation, but. Yeah. It's just. So, Silver Spoonful for this episode is definitely going to be. That you. Being in a position like this, there are so many resources out there for young pregnant teens. You know, whether you have, you know, the support of your family or your, you know, baby daddy's family or or, or however, just know that you're not alone. There are resources out there to help you with what you need, whether it's setting up for adoption, whether it's, you know, having you along with caring for you know getting you through your pregnancy you know the baby you know stuff you'll need formula all that you know diapers all that stuff i know there's reality shows like teen mom and mom at 16 and and reality shows that kind of glamorized 
teen pregnancy and it's just I just think that that's wrong I mean maybe they think oh let's show how hard it is but and I only watch an episode of that show and I'm just oh give me a break so all right let's move on to parts one and two of one for the road Sorry, guys. We're going to... The next one, like I said, we're doing in two parts. One for the road, parts one and two. Part one aired on February 2nd, 1986. This is season four, episode 17. A new friend pressures Rick to try alcohol. Ooh, this one's got a 5.9. Okay. Um, One for the road, part two. It's got a 6.1. It aired on February 9th, 1986. Rick is grounded for experimenting with alcohol, but Greg still has a drinking problem himself. Okay, so it's another... Definitely this podcast episodes are going to be dealing with episodes that are very serious, hard-hitting, dealing with things that teens struggle with, you know, teen pregnancy and drinking and the after effects of that. So we do have Joe Marie Payton, who plays Marie, the housekeeper. We see in a few episodes. We have Brian Lima as Greg, the one who apparently is going to introduce Rick uh, to alcohol. We have Kristen Cumming as Allison. We have Rima Lynn as Debbie. We have Deck McKenzie as policeman. And Kevin Mangold as Spike. My guess is this is clearly... He's going to go to a party where alcohol is readily available for the teens to consume. Directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Duclan, the creator. Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy... Ben Starr and Martin Cohen and Howard Leans, all creators. We have written by Jack Humphrey. All right. I don't see any trivia for this episode. Not surprising. There rarely, if ever, is any trivia. And, of course, Season 4, Episode 18, One for the Road, Part 2, aired on February 9th, 1986. Rick is ground for experimenting with alcohol, but Greg still has a drinking problem himself. 6.1 out of 10. We have, of course, Brian Lima as Greg. We have Joe Marie Payton as Marie, the housekeeper. We have Deanna Robbins as Wendy. We have Helen Siff as Nurse. Directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Dukon, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy. Let's see. Oh, we got uh, Ben Starr, all the creators. However, we do have Linwood Boomer, who, if you are a Little House on the Prairie fan, and remember Adam Kendall, Mary's husband, Played by Linwood Boomer. Uh, looks like uh, he had something to do with this episode. Uh, story also by Stephen Langford. We got Hendrik Van Leuven. Story by. So, alright. I don't know about you. Like I said, remember when I said, like, oh, I can't wait till we get to season three, the wedding episode. Like, one of my most anticipated and excited, ready for episodes. And now in season four, it's like, the drinking episode. I want to get to the drinking episode because it's just supposed to be so good. And I I swear I watched this so long ago when it was in reruns. But I might have been mixing it up with another episode. But guys, I am here. I am ready for this. I, I just... Uh, everyone's... Especially with these serious episodes, 
Silver Spoons really tends to knock it out of the park, which I'm not surprised because, of course, you got your writers like Howard Leeds and David Duclan. These shows are just amazing. And especially as you saw with Punky Brewster in season two, it was all, all 90% of the episodes most likely were serious lesson learning episodes. And that's exactly what Daddy Rick and the One for the Road episodes are. So without further ado, let's jump into these episodes. I am ready. I am here for it. So we come out of the intro. We see Dexter painting a sign for Shallow Springs as the city they live in. They're Monte Carlo nights. We have what looks like a blackjack table set up in the living room. And, of course, Kate is dealing the cards. They're with Edward. We got Rick. And I'm guessing this is Greg. You can do it. Well, I, I don't know. Well, sure you can, honey. Anybody who can read and count can deal blackjack. Now, you have a jack and a four. What's the rule with 14 showing? What do you do? <laughs> it's up to you. A jack and a four. Thank you. This could take all night. Maybe I better call my folks and tell them not to expect me. That's a good idea. And Dad, is it okay if Greg sleeps over? Sure, if it's okay with this, folks. Well, I'll call my mom and find out. May I please use your phone? Yeah, sure, it's in the kitchen. Will you excuse me, please, sir? Oh, sure, Greg. Oh, thank you, sir. What's the, What's the matter with that kid? <laughs> Nothing, he's just a rare bird called a polite teenager. It ain't natural. <laughs> How come we haven't seen Greg around here before? He just transferred to our school last week, and I've been kind of showing him around. Seems like a nice kid. You know, I think I finally got the hang of it. The Jack is wild, right? <laughs> Here's your sandwich. Cream cheese? You don't like it? I didn't say that. I even squeezed the pimento out of an olive to make it look especially nice. That's very nice, Marie. This will be fine. Don't patronize me. <laughs> Marie, you're new here. You probably don't know how to treat me yet. Are you going to eat that sandwich or not? <sighs> well, Mom said it's okay. And to thank you for the invitation. So, thank you for the invitation. Great. Well, honey, with all this excitement, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> it's no use, Edward. I'll never learn to deal blackjack by tomorrow night. I'd better deal poker. You don't know the first thing about poker. Oh, you can teach me. <laughs> We're going to hit the sack, Dad, okay? Good night. Good night, Miss Stratton. Good night, Mr. Stratton. Good night, Mr. Stephens. Good night, Marie. Uh -huh. And thanks again for letting me sleep over. No problem. <laughs> So, we meet Greg. He's new at uh, Fuller High School. And this kid is very, very polite. Uh, the housekeeper, Marie, is like, okay, what's wrong with that kid? And Dexter's like, well, he's a rare bird called a t polite teenager. It's like, I think he's covering something up. I really do. 
Like, no kid is that polite without having an agenda. I mean, there are some kids that are polite just because that's how they were raised. But this guy, knowing what's going to come up, um, yeah. But like I said, they're having a Monte, Monte Carlo night. And Kate, of course, is trying to learn how to deal blackjack. And she's like, well, let me guess. The... Joker's the uh Jack is wild, right? And he's like, Oh my gosh. So she it's no use. I'm never gonna learn how to do this by tomorrow night. You know, I'll just uh learn poker. And Edward's like, Honey, you don't know poker and she's like, Well you can teach me and she's like <laughs> So Rick and Greg are like, Hey, let's hit the sack. We're tired. Cause Greg even went through the whole thing, like, hey, um I should probably tell my mom to not expect me right away. So Rick offers, like, hey, you want to sleep over? So he's like, yeah, I just got to talk to my folks. He's like, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Stratton, for letting me stay here. So now we're going to jump up to Rick's room. Also with Marie, the housekeeper, Dexter even says, well, you're new here. You don't know all my vices yet. So the first thing out of Rick's mouth when they go into his room is like, gosh, do you have to be so polite? And Greg's like, hey, I can't help it. Old people bring out the worst in me. Basically, the whole thing downstairs is a facade, and we, I think we're going to see the real Greg here. So, right out of Greg's mouth, hey, you like to party, Rick? And Rick's like, yeah, sure. Greg's like, great, because I know a guy whose parents left him alone in his house, and he's having a party tonight. No, I've got a lacrosse game before school tomorrow. Another sport that Rick plays. Apparently, he also plays lacrosse. He plays soccer. He played football. He played basketball I'm sure you probably I'm sure baseball was in there somewhere but lacrosse okay cool I don't hear a lot about lacrosse the only lacrosse I'm familiar with is in the first American Pie movie they played lacrosse this guy that was an entire facade downstairs because this guy is all like come on come to the party don't be chicken and Rick's like, Greg, I'm not chicken. He's like, well, then come to the party. It's going to be totally cray. You want to find out how cray this party is, you better be there. I'm going to play this clip. This kid, this, this Greg is really pushy already. Like, my gosh. Because he's like, hey, can I borrow a jacket? Come to this party, Rick. Do you have to be so polite? I can't help it. Old people bring out the worst in me. <laughs> so, you like to party? Of course. Who doesn't? Great. Because I know this guy, and his parents have left him alone in his house. And he's throwing a party tonight. So you want to go? No, I've got a lacrosse game before school tomorrow. Well, this is going to be a very, very special party. What's so special about it? Well, if you want to find out, come with me. Hey, can I borrow this jacket? Yes, sure. Excellent. So, are you coming? I don't know. Hey, come on now. Don't be chicken. Greg, I'm not chicken. Good. Then let's go. How late would we be? What's the difference? We sneak out, we sneak back in. I don't have to sneak out. If I wanted to go, I'd just ask my dad. <laughs> Are you kidding? No father in his right mind is going to let his kid go to this party. That good, huh? Hmm. <laughs> well, have fun. Even if the girls do outnumber the guys five to one. <laughs> Last one. And maybe more. Well, if it means
means that much to you. <laughs> what are you doing? Just in case anyone looks in on you. Sleep tight, Ricker. <laughs> so Greg's like, hey, we'll just sneak out and sneak back in. No one will be the wiser. And Rick's like, I don't have to sneak out. If I want to go, I'll just ask my dad. And Greg's like, look, this is the kind of party that your parent, parents don't want their kids going to. And, of course, Rick's like, wow, that good, huh? It's like, yeah. Especially when the girls outnumber the guys five to one. So Greg throws Rick's leather jacket at him. And, of course, we get a, haven't heard this in a while, the Ricker. Haven't heard of that. Because, um, also, Greg's like, here, let's fix up your bed. So if anyone does come in and see, you know, check on you, they'll see, um a lump in your bed, so they'll assume you're sleeping. Great. Um, you did say that you were sleeping over, so how are you going to do that? Oh, it slipped your mind? Of course. So now we're in the kitchen, and Kate, of course, is very happy that Maria's there to help out for a few weeks, because she's got, you know, Edward's stuff going on, the Monte Carlo night, and the auditor's coming, Eddie Edwards' Monte Carlo night, and apparently her Mercedes is making a weird noise. Oh, so this is the next morning. Clearly, Rick and Greg got in, got went out, came back without anyone being the wiser. My guess is this kid's going to have a heck of a hangover. Or is he already still drunk at like 8 a.m. In the, in the morning? I don't know. So Edward's like, hey, where are the boys? They not come down yet? And Kate's like, well, they're, I called for them. They're not, they're apparently still sleeping. So Marie goes and starts screaming at them like, hey, you want to eat? Get on your feet. We don't even get to see Rick acting drunk. The guys didn't even come in that night. Apparently they probably fell asleep at whoever this guy's house that was having the party. feels like a furball. <laughs> I told you you'd have a good time. Greg, you can keep my jacket if you sneak in the house and get me a can of ice-cold apple juice. We'll get it together. Now, come on. I can't go inside. They'll know we've stayed at all night drinking. Not if you do what I tell you. Now, just wait here a minute, okay? <laughs> here, use this. What is it, <laughs> like this. Well, you know what I always do? 
What? <laughs> this. <laughs> oh god, he's gonna pierce again. Amateurs. I can't believe he has the nerve to drink it on their patio. Anyone can walk by. <laughs> False alarm. Open wide. So just as expected, Rick's got a heck of a hangover, and he's like, he can't even remember what he did that night. He's like, Greg, did I eat a cat? And he's just clearly vomited all over Bimput. He just, the sunlight, he can't even open his eyes. Greg gives him some Visine, also some Banaka to hide his uh, stinky puke alcohol breath. And it's like, hey, just follow my lead. Greg is a pro at this. He's done this so many times. He knows how it's for... His parents have never suspected him coming in with a hangover that he's been drinking the whole night. Because they're just now getting home. If Rick Rick puked all over his shirt, you're going to smell that within a mile. So... As I said before, guys, you know how this works. I don't watch the episodes ahead of time. So let's see if the boys get through past the parents undetected as far as they don't know anything about them drinking. And I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, we don't see Rick act drunk. So this is basically just the aftermath, whether Rick just reveals like dad I went to a party last night I was drinking and then he gets grounded I don't think we're actually going to see Rick get drunk they're not gonna I don't think they were going to show Rick drinking on TV a teenager drinking granted 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 different strokes to the episode where Willis was smoking weed granted I'll get to that when um I am covering different strokes, which is the next podcast I'll be focusing on after Silver Spoons, so. Hi, Dad. Hi, Kate. Hello, Marie. Do you have any apple juice? Where you guys been? Well, we've been... Well, we got up early and jogged to the market. And I bought you these as a thank you gift for your hospitality. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's very thoughtful of you. But uh, didn't Rick tell you that we have holly trees in the garden? Well, yes, he did. But I think that you'll find this variety has more berries. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, <laughs> uh, we're out of apple juice. But how about this? Oh, he is going to puke. Oh, he is going to puke. Never mind. <laughs> well, these eggs have been sitting here for more than ten minutes. Don't blame me if they're cold and greasy. Personally, I prefer them like this. Now, why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> you look like death warmed over. You all right? Dad, I've never felt better in my life. How did you two sack out last night? Oh, we went to sleep real early. And then we got up and got dressed and went jogging. And those clothes? Would you will? You... Well, <coughs> what's the matter? My throat hurts when I talk. See your eyes. Oh, shit. Are your eyes bloodshot? Oh. Well, yes, they are, sir. They always get like this when I'm coming down with the flu. 
Do you think you should be going to school if you're coming down with the flu? I mean, you don't want to give your germs to everyone in the class. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, do you think it would be okay if I stayed here in bed until my mom comes home from work? I'll phone her, of course. What? Uh, sure, Marie can keep an eye on you. Just don't breathe on me, okay? <laughs> oh, no. I think I'm catching it, too. Oh, you just said you felt great. I did? Oh, right. But shouldn't I stay here and keep great company? He doesn't need company. He needs rest. Besides that, don't you have a lacrosse game today? Yeah, I do this morning. Well, if you hurry up, Kate and I'll drop you off at school. And Rick? Yeah. Don't forget the body checks. <laughs> so, of course, you know, Rick sits down and he really just looks bleh. She's like, I don't, Marie's like, I don't have apple juice, but here's some prune juice. And you, Rick looks <laughs> And of course she's like, well, these eggs are cold and greasy. Here you go. And he doesn't even touch it because he probably doesn't have an appetite because he's been puking for hours. And of course Edward knows his son as far as looking at his son and saying, wow, Rick, you look like death warmed over. Are you okay? And he's like, wow, yeah. I mean, I've never felt better in my life. Uh-huh. So, Greg, of course, is trying to take care of the preliminaries as far as the questions. He's pretty much fielding them for Rick. Because Rick's a newbie as it comes to drinking and then trying to play it off like you haven't been. Because Edward's like, wow, uh, what time did you guys sack out last night? And Greg's like, oh, well, we went to bed pretty early and then we got up and went jogging. And Edward's like, you went jogging in those clothes because Rick's wearing a leather jacket. Of course, they're both wearing sweaters with button-up shirts underneath. And it's like, yeah, okay. You need to check yourself, kid, because look at what you're wearing. Oh, we went jogging. So Greg starts coughing and like, oh, my throat hurts. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I stay in, um, you know, sleep in Rick's bed, you know, until my mom gets off of work. I mean, I'll call her and everything. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, Marie will watch you. And of course, Rick's like, hey. <clears throat> yeah, my throat's getting... Maybe I got what he's got. Maybe I should, uh, you know, take care of Greg. And Edward's like, you're going to school. By the way, don't you have a lacrosse game this morning? And Rick's like, yeah, yeah. So Edward and Kate are going to drop Rick off. And of course, Edward's like, hey, Rick. Don't forget those body checks as he, like, uh, elbows him right in the gut. And Rick just smiles. <laughs> uh. Well, Edward at one point even, like, looks at Greg's eyes like, wow, your eyes are, are they bloodshot? And, of course, Greg's like, well, yes, yes, they are. And nice save, Greg. He's like, they, uh, they always get like this when I come, I'm coming down with the flu. Like I said, this guy... This is old hat to him. He knows how to act. He knows what answers to give when parents question question him. <laughs> oh. <sighs> hey, how much money have you got on you? Oh. Rick, money, I need money. How much have you got? What do you need money for? Uh, I've got a date. 
Date? Yeah, with this great-looking model. I'm meeting her at Rockefeller Center today, and I need $25 to take her to lunch. <laughs> All I've got is $3. <laughs> Look, this is really important to me, Rick. And don't forget who took you to that party last night. How could I forget? <laughs> well, if you told your dad how badly you needed a new lacrosse stick... Oh, hi, Mr. Stratton. You need a new lacrosse stick? Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, you see, my old one is really old. Well, see how it does today, and then we'll talk about it, huh? We better hurry up, son. Have a good day, sir. You too, Greg, and I hope you feel better. Thank you, sir. Here, you can, you can have this. Three dollars? Come on! What kind of a lunch am I supposed to buy with that? You said she's a model. They don't eat. <laughs> So we are getting a signs here that, which is definitely going to carry through into part two, that Greg has a drinking problem. He keeps pulling that. It's not a flask. It's a like a pint size of liquor. And apparently it's because he was sucking off of it when they were on the, uh, the patio. And it looks like he pretty much drained it dry because there's nothing left. And he's like, hey. Rick, how much money you have? And Rick immediately sees the couch and he just is laying on it like, Ugh. And Greg's like, hey, Rick, how much money you got? I need money. I need, I have a date with a uh, supermodel and I need to take her out to Rockefeller's, Rockefeller Center. And Rick's only got $3. And of course, Greg's like, hey, I took you to that party and everything. And of course, Rick's like, yeah, and I'll never forget it either. Ugh. So, he gives, like, Greg's all, like, and he doesn't see, like, Edward coming, well, into the living room and say, hey, just tell your dad you need a new lacrosse stick. And Edward's like, oh, Rick, you need a new lacrosse stick? And he's like, yeah, my old one's really, uh, old. So, Edward's like, well, play with, play with it today and then we'll talk about it after your game. Rick ends up giving Greg the three dollars. And, of course, Rick's like, oh, you said you're going out with a model. They don't eat. Also, real quick, going back to the patio, when Greg gives Rick um, Visine to put in his eyes. And, of course, Rick can barely open his eyes because the sun's so bright. And he's got a massive hangover. And he's just, like, pouring it into, like, his shut eyes. And it looks like tears running down his face. <laughs> So, Marie tells Rick that Greg took off halfway through Price is Right. So, I'd say about, what, Price is Right for me, back in the day, came on around 11 o'clock. So, I would say maybe he took off before noon. Of course, we got the doorbell opener, like we always do. And it's Edward, who, of course, couldn't open the door himself because his hands are full with a... Yeah, he's got a roulette wheel. Cool. It's really nice looking. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I can say uh, Greg clearly probably took... Dexter's counting money for um, the blackjack or the Monte Carlo night. And it looks like he's coming up short on the... F My guess is Greg clearly stole some money. Where was this money? How did he know where to find it? I don't know. Guys, look at this little honey, huh? <laughs> Bet she bankrupted a few Mississippi Riverboat gamblers in her day. That's impossible. Oh, it's not. This baby's over 100 years old. I'm talking about the bank. We're $30 short. 
Turns out they're $30 short, and Rick's just like, oh no. Clearly, we know who took it. It was Greg, because he needs more booze. He polished off that pint of McDaniels or whatever it was that he drank. So, because he even said directly, I need $25 for a pint? This is 1986. No, he doesn't want a pint. He doesn't. He wants. Maybe he got himself like six pints. I don't know. Because I remember when I worked at a convenience store, um, someone came in every day and bought like a 20 ounce Sprite and a pop off. And the person just looked really bedraggled. And eventually I just stopped seeing the person coming in. And I'm like, well, either they moved or they're dead. Or they eventually got help. I make it $270. We're $30 short. Are you sure, Dexter? I'm an accountant with a degree from Harvard. Of course I'm sure. I think. Well, it doesn't make sense. Why would somebody take $30 and leave over $200? Well, maybe they felt sorry for someone dumb enough to leave that much money lying around. No offense. Well, I guess we should be grateful it's only $30. Well, $30 is send another kid to camp. Or reform school. Now, if I was a bed lady, which I'm not, I'd lay to one that some overly he polite... He didn't steal it. Who? Greg did. Why on earth He Greg... borrowed it. You can't take a fashion model out to lunch on $3. Am I the only one having a problem following the story? <laughs> Probably. Son, maybe you better start from the beginning. I got the costumes you needed for tonight. Well, thanks, Kate. Why, why, Rick? Oh, that reminds me. I borrowed $30 from the bank this morning. Uh Uh-oh. I put it back. Uh, I I think I better try on my costume. This looks expensive. Must be mine. (laughs) Listen, about my dealing poker tonight. Yeah, just one sec, Kate. So it looks like they're coming up $30 short. And, of course, Marie most likely thinks that it was Greg who took it. And Rick's like, no, he didn't mean to take it. He just borrowed it because you can't take a supermodel out to lunch for $30 or for for $3. And, of course, it's like, well, we're still short 30 Why didn't he take the whole thing? Kate comes down with, I guess it's Dexter's suit for the Monte Carlo night, and says, oh, um, I borrowed $30 for the bank here um, for whatever she needed to get. And she puts it in there. And they're like, okay, well, clearly that's the $30. Dexter, of course, excuses himself and takes, you know, his tux and vest and gets out of there. And Edward's like, okay, Kate, that's great. Okay, so he's like, Okay, Rick, why would you think that Greg would take this money? So is this where Rick's going to, of course, cave and say, he took me to a party, we both got drunk, we walked in this morning with major hangovers. Okay, Rick, why would you think a nice guy like Greg would steal, borrow money? I don't know, I just did. Well, what money? Unless you know something about Greg that we don't. No, Dad, there's nothing. What about Greg? I just made a mistake. He said something about needing money, so I just put two and two together, and and I've got homework to do. Everyone is dressed so fancy for this blackjack night. I mean, Kate looks like um like on Gunsmoke, one of those uh, waitresses. 
Dexter's wearing a top hat. Is that Dexter? He's wearing a top hat and a mustache. And he, what time period are they dressing for? It looks like they're dressing up like characters from Gunsmoke. And Edward confirms it as he comes downstairs wearing a cowboy hat. Singing the Laredo, Streets of Laredo song. Oh, okay, so it's Monte Carlo night. It's something to do with, um, he's, Edward said that's $30 that could go to someone going to camp. There's a sign that says, lose so the kids will win. Oh, that's creative. So the doorbell rings and it's Greg. My guess is he ran out of money. He ran out of booze. He needs more money for his alcohol addiction. Now, I was wrong the first time when I thought that Rick would cave and just spill everything. As we know the summary going into part two that Rick is grounded. So, I, I would think in this episode, let's see how much time is even left, eight minutes left, that he's going to reveal or it will be revealed for him that he was drinking at a party. And Kate and Edward just happened to overhear. That's what I'm going to guess. Hey, Greg, come on in. How you doing, buddy? All right. Ooh, nice. You're really good. Ah, evening, sir. <laughs> evening, ma'am. Evening, oh. sir. Oh, hi, Greg. Hi, hi Greg. Greg. <laughs> so, are you guys staying around for the fun? <laughs> well, no, sir. As a matter of fact, I was hoping to entice Rick here into joining some of my old friends and meet burgers. Well, not tonight, Greg. I've got to stay here and help out. Right, Dad? Oh, no, son. You go ahead. We got plenty of wranglers here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, will you excuse us for a minute, please? Look, I've got a little surprise for you. See that door? That's a surprise? Just open the door. What's behind there? You'll see. Girls. Very good. This is Debbie. She's with me. And this is Allison. She's with you. Hi, Rick. Greg told me you were cute and he was right. <laughs> Thanks. Come on in. Getting ready for a party? And my folks are. Mr. and Mrs. Stratton, Mr. Stuffins, may I present Allison Galt and Debbie Curtin. Hi, how you doing? Hi, girls. Nice to meet you. Can we help out with anything? Well, I'll tell you what, you can help us with some of these balloons. Uh, Rick, can I talk to you for a second, huh? So Greg comes in, and of course, he wants to invite Rick to go down with him to Burgers. He brought a couple girls, Debbie and Allison. And Rick's like, well, I gotta stay here and help my folks with this Monte Carlo night. And, of course, Edward's like, oh, Rick, don't worry. We got plenty of Wranglers to help out. Of course, Greg's like, oh, well, Barbara's for me and Allison's for you. And the girls are like, oh, can we help out? Are you having a party? And looks like Greg needs some booze to get him through the night. Because he immediately goes into the kitchen and starts, like, opening shutting cupboard doors looking for Kid, you think they're going to put it in the cupboards where they put the glasses or the plates or the bowls? Oh my goodness. Greg's like, what are you doing? And Greg's like, oh, I'm checking cupboards. I like to check things. 
And Rick's like, hey, did you go into the city today? He's probably fishing to see if he took that 30 bucks. Checking. What for? It's my hobby. I like to check cupboards. Did you go into the city today? What? You know, to see that model. What model? Oh, uh, no, something came up. Yeah, right. Ah, yes! Hey, that's Dad's. Don't get excited. It's just a loner. Come on, put it back. Relax, I'll replace it. Give it to me, Greg. Hey, come on, will you cool it? Come on. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Nothing. Well, let's go. You are coming, aren't you, Rick? I don't know. Oh, come on. Please. <laughs> That's better. So, looks like Greg found... Edward's stash of alcohol. He's got this tall bottle. And Rick's like, hey, that's my dad's. And Greg's like, well, I'm borrowing it, so I'll replace it. Yeah, replace it. Yeah, I'm sure you will. But they're kind of getting into a scuffling match here with the bottle. And then um, Allison comes in like, oh, what are you two doing? Oh, are we going to go out to eat? And will you come, Rick? You said you would come. And Rick's like, I don't know. And she's like, please, for me? He's like, okay. So they're getting ready to go. And Edward's like, wow, where do you guys get your energy out of? A bottle? And Rick's like, oh. Everyone's getting tired of Greg's. Goodbye, Mr. Stuffins. Goodbye, Mr. And Mrs. Stratton. Goodbye, Marie. It's like, ugh. Goodbye, Greg. So, all right. Is Rick going to drink again? Or has he learned a lesson the first time? We're going to find out. I mean, they're just going to burgers. I'm pretty sure you can't bring in an open bottle of liquor and just start sipping off of it. It's like, I don't think you can come into a bar with your own bottle that you brought from outside and start drinking it. So, apparently a guy named Malcolm calls and he can't make it. He's supposed to run the craps table. And there's like 50 people that are supposed to show up here for this Monte Carlo night. Are you kidding me, Edward? Apparently this guy's wife is at the hospital delivering their child. And Edward's like, well, I guess if you have to be there, I hope it's a boy. Come on, dude. Things happen. People going into labor, you can't plan that. So Edward's like, oh, hangs up. I'm like, gosh, no, I don't. I hope it's a girl. So he goes over to Kate and Dexter. It's like, hey, do you guys... Kate, do you think you could handle a crap table? And Dexter's like, no, are you kidding me? I don't even understand craps. And personally, I don't either. I actually thought, oh, I'll go play this, see what it's like. And I asked them to, the person who was, you know, running the table to show me, like, how do you do this? And I swear her eyes couldn't have rolled farther back in her head. And all I got was throw the dice and see if it hits the wall. It did, and I got like $2 or something. I just wanted to see if I could try something that wasn't a slot machine. Turns out Kate actually does know the rules, which good for her. They can run the craps table without the guy who's at the hospital waiting for his wife to give birth. Oh, the sign that they put up says Shallow Springs Monte Carlo Night Summer Camp Fun. So all the money they're raising from this, if anyone even shows up, is going to be for a summer camp. And for kids to be able to go. So we get an overhead shot of Greg and Barbara in the front seat of this car. And then Rick and Allison in the back seat of the car. The top's down. Allison, of course, is wearing like a fur coat. 
kind of thing. And she's like, oh, let's put the top up. It's freezing. And of course, Rick's like, hey, won't you slide over here? And she's like, oh, I like that idea. So Rick and Allison are about to kiss. And then, of course, drunk Greg, who's kind of a jerk when he's drunk, uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, you want any of this? And Rick's like, no. Okay, so he clearly learned his lesson. He's not going to drink again. He took that one hangover to convince him that drinking is just... The after effects are worse than uh, the enjoyment that you get out of it. Temporary enjoyment you get out of being drunk. You think you turn on the... Turn on it's a, a different station or something. This music sucks. He's such a... He's being a jerk. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. Clearly, we know that Rick's going to get into an accident, because, uh, I guess it's, that's a phone call that Edward is going to get while this whole Monte Carlo thing is going on, that Greg decides he's not too drunk to drive, and an accident happens. <laughs> that um, Greg got kicked out of school for kissing the principal because she reminded him of his father. That's disgusting. 
and apparently he does this all the time, always getting drunk. Just wait till he passes out, and then you can take the keys. The guy is just a jerk. And clearly, I mean, Rick knows nothing about this guy. So not only do they have a big old thing of liquor that Greg's been sipping off of, Barbara brings out a six-pack of beer, and is like, hey, I don't think one will hurt you. Let's share this beer. Rick, of course, puts it to his lips, and immediately, because Barbara's like, hey, I hear something. He's like, oh, what? He's like, oh, I guess I didn't hear anything. Immediately, as soon as he puts that can to his lips, a flashlight shines on his face, and we hear a, hey, what are you doing there? We cut back to the party, of course. There's finally people there. And I'm guessing, because there's only like a minute left, that Edward's going to get a call saying that Rick's been arrested. I guess it's not going to be a phone call. The cop's going to bring Rick to the door, would be my guess. Apparently it's 10 o'clock at night. Mr. Stratton? Yeah, what's the matter? (laughs) Oh, man. Rick, what's going on? Is there a problem? Is he all right? We found your son and some of his friends drinking in the back of a parked car. There must be some mistake. Rick, he doesn't drink. Nope. How embarrassing for Edward. Oh, knock at the door, it's a cop and saying, hey, we caught your son in the back of a car drinking. And of course, Edward's like, well, there must be some mistake. Uh, apparently not. This is going to be one of those on a special episode of Silver Spoons type of thing. Now it says to be continued. We come out of the intro and we do a little recap. And now, of course, Rick is sitting in his room on the edge of his bed waiting for Edward to come up and give him a lecture, punish him. Probably really lay into him. It's like, dude, you're 15. You are too young to be drinking. But then again, or is he going to say, you know, I was once tempted by alcohol at your age. I understand. But of course, he's not going to let him off the hook. So let's find out how this is going to go down. How was the party? Fine. I especially enjoyed your halftime show with the policeman. I'm sorry, Dad. I guess it's pretty embarrassing to have your son dragged in by the cops in front of all those people, huh? No more embarrassing than having to tell all your friends you've been grounded for two months for drinking. Now, Dad, don't jump to conclusions. I know you may find this hard to believe, but I wasn't drinking tonight. The cops found you in the back seat of an open convertible with a blonde in one hand and a beer in the other. (laughs) True or false? True. But I wasn't drinking and I was holding it. Like they do in beer commercials. <laughs> Honest, Dad. You weren't drinking? Nope. Not tonight. Okay, yeah. No, not tonight, but you had been. What do you mean, not tonight? Well, you're not going to like this, but... Well, last night, I did drink. But not nearly as much as the others. What others? The other kids at the party. What party? I knew you weren't going to like this. Well, you see, last night Greg and I went kind of crazy and we snuck out to a party and I did a little drinking. 
Well, actually, I did a lot of drinking, and I got a little sick, too. Dad, the veins in your neck are starting to pop. I don't believe this. Sneaking out, drinking, what else have you been doing I don't know about? Well, there was... I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Dad, I know it was stupid, and I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, too. Ricky, no, drinking at your age is illegal, it's dangerous. Why would you do a thing like this? Dad, it was there. Everyone else was drinking. And you couldn't just say no? Dad, I couldn't say no. I would have felt like a wimp. This is the last thing I'd expect from you. Well, like I said, grounded for two months. Right. TV. Right. No stereo. Stereo? Right. Dad, believe me, I really am sorry. I am too. So Rick apologizes, like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sure that was embarrassing for you in front of all those people, having your son being escorted home by a cop. And, of course, Edward's like, Edward's like, well, you know, it's not nearly as bad as, say, being grounded for the next two months, having to tell your friends that. Of course, Rick's trying to play it off like, look, I know it may ha- be hard to believe, but I wasn't drinking tonight. Of course, he... Had the can to his lips. Any cop that sees that is going to see clearly he's drinking. Edward says, you know, the cop said he saw you drinking with a girl in the backseat of a car. So, yeah. Like, the evidence is all there. You had an open beer in your hand, which clearly, even Edward's like, you're, that's illegal. You're 15. You should not be drinking. Yeah, Rick's like, oh, but it's true. I mean, I was holding it, but I wasn't drinking it. You know, like in those beer commercials? You know what this sounds like? It sounds like every kid that's ever been caught with pot before they legalize it saying, it's not mine. I was holding it for someone else. This sounds no different than that. Like, either way you slice it, Rick, you still got caught with a beer in your hand. Holding it to your lips like you're going to take a sip. Yeah. So Edward pulls up a chair sits across from Rick and he's like alright so you weren't drinking tonight and Rick's like nope not tonight and and of course it's like oh buddy and Edward catches on to that real quick what do you mean not tonight Rick's like well me and Greg snuck out got a little crazy went to a party and drank of course I didn't drink nearly as much as the other guys did the other people at the party of course he's not going to like it. Any way you say this, he's not going to like it. The fact that you're underage and you're drinking. And you snuck out on top of it, too. He says, I did a little drinking. Actually, a lot of drinking. And Rick adds how he got a little sick. Well, of course, if you're going to drink a lot, you're going to feel it the next day by puking your guts out. Your body's trying to get rid of the toxins in its system. And, of course, you're going to be paying for it with a heck of a hangover. Well, Edward, of course, is very furious. He's, like, sneaking out drinking. I don't believe this. What else have you been... You know what? I don't want to know. Pray tell. Like, have you knocked anybody up? You taking drugs, too? What? I mean, come on, man. Rick apologizes, like, I'm sorry, Dad. And Edward's like, I'm sorry, too. But you know that drinking at your age is illegal. It's dangerous. And he's like, why would you do a thing like this, Rick? And Rick's like, Dad, it was there. And he's using the whole, well, everyone else is doing it. If I don't do it, I'm going to look like a wimp. 
So yes, of course he added peer pressure. Everyone's like, oh, you can always say no. But that pressure to do it because everyone else is doing it. And Edward, of course, is like, this is the last thing I'd expect from you. It's like, you had a teenage son. You were a teenager once yourself, Edward. Don't tell me that you were never tempted by alcohol. Stop putting your son on a pedestal and saying, this is the last thing I'd expect you to do. He's a teenager. They're going to be tempted to do things. They're that's just how it is. You really think that raising your son was going to be so easy and simple that you weren't going to have to deal with this stuff as he went from age 12 to age 15? All you can do to prepare your kid is give them the information and know that if they're in a jam, they're in a situation that isn't good, if they've been drinking, say... I don't want you to drink, but if it happens that you're going to, call home and I will come get you. No questions asked. <laughs> Until the next day. So, Edward, of course, has no TV and no stereo. Teenage boy, no, he can't even listen to music. And Edward's like, you don't want to test me on this, right? That look that he gives him, like, boy, you are lucky you are too old for me to take you take you over my knee right now because I would do it in a heartbeat. Of course, Edward leaves. Knock, knock, knock. Who's at the window? It's Greg. <sighs> How did he manage to evade the cops exactly? How is he not in jail? Because they weren't driving anywhere? I don't know. Let's find out. let us go yeah but my dad hasn't he's put me in solitary for the next two months big deal mine kicked me out the front door <laughs> that's awful i was lucky his first choice was out the second floor window <laughs> where are you gonna stay well i was hoping to stay with this real good friend of mine who lives in this great big house no what do you say no 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 way so what am I supposed to do? Sack out in some back alley with all the weirdos? Yeah. Seriously, Rick, tell me where I can go and I'll go there. Your parents won't take you back? Come on. What about your relatives? I haven't got any. Well, what about some of your drinking buddies? You can't rely on people who drink. <laughs> so? You're it. Greg, my dad knows you drink. He's never going to let you stay here. Here. Are you kidding? I've quit for life. I want you to pour it down the sink. What? You got a Bible? Yeah, why? As of right now, I swear, I'm on the wagon. Yeah, right. But I need help, Rick. Give me a break, huh? Talk to your parents, please. I don't believe that kid. So, of course, Greg's parents kicked him out, and of course, he wants to stay with Rick. And it's like, oh, you can go back out my window from whence you came, because I don't want to deal with this. And Greg's like, look, I don't have uh, any other relatives I can stay with. Rick's like, what about your drinking buddies? 
And Greg's like, you can't rely on people who drink. So Rick's like, look, my dad knows that you drink. He's not going to let you stay here. So Greg hands Rick a, a pint of, of liquor that's probably about a quarter full and tells Rick to dump it down the drain. And he's like, you got to buy... Asking him for a Bible and everything like this. And it's like, I need help. And it's just, I'm not convinced in the slightest that this kid is ready to give up the ghost yet. As he says, I'm on the wagon. Or is it off the wagon? No, it's on the wagon, right? And then when you're drinking again, it's off the wagon. I don't know where that term came from. Kate and Edward, of course, are in the kitchen and Edward's talking about how when remember when rick was 12 is so easy and now he's out drinking he probably feels like he's failed his son or it's like where did i go wrong with him i thought i gave him you know good lessons to be able to make smart choices and stuff so let's see what happens here remember when he was 12 well the bad things he did were so good Dad, I busted the TV. <laughs> Dad, I spray painted the cat. What the? Those kinds of things I could handle. Well, if it makes you feel any better, he broke your tennis racket yesterday. Hi. Dad, I need to ask for kind of a favor. Rick, you want some advice? Don't ask me for favors. Ask me for favors on the nights you don't get arrested. <laughs> Dad, it's not for me, it's for Greg. He's upstairs in my room. Greg? What's he doing here? His dad kicked him out tonight. For doing the same thing you did? Mm-hmm. And he needs a place to stay, and he wants to know if we can help him out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Are we butting in where we don't belong? Probably. Mm -hmm. I hate to see somebody get kicked out twice in one night. So I can tell him he can stay? He can stay. But house rules. Okay. What rules are those? How can parents just bail out on their kids like that? Well, we don't know the whole story. I mean, his parents could be worried sick about him. I'm going to call them. Honey, yeah, don't you think it's a little late for you calling? Well, if your son was wandering the streets, could you sleep? <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to wake you. Uh, this is Kate Stratton. I just wanted to let you know that Greg will be spending the night with us. And he hung up. Like, whatever. What Don't care. He said, good luck. <laughs> so, Rick, of course, asked a favor of Edward. And Edward's like, son, can you, like, do me a favor my and not ask me for a favor on the night you get arrested? And he's like, hey, but look, Greg's in upstairs, and he, his parents kicked him out. Can he stay here? And Edward at first like, what? He's upstairs? He's like, I don't want the kid in my house. He's already caused enough problems. So they're like, all right. what?" He's like, remember the house rules. And Rick's like, all right, I'll go tell him. And Kate's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would his parents kick him out? She goes, calls up Greg's father. Apparently she woke him up because I don't know what time of night it was. And she's like, oh, well, Greg's going to stay, spend the night here. And at first I thought, judging by her expression, like he hung up on her. 
But he basically just said, good luck, and hung up the phone. I know that Edward's just doing this like, oh, I wouldn't want the kid to get kicked out of a house, you know, twice in one night. But it looks like Edward is giving a speech thanking those that came for the Monte Carlo night and the money that they raised for the summer camp for the kids. All right, $2,000 they raised. That's awesome. Of course, I'm guessing Rick or Greg or both of them are, like, bouncing a basketball out on the patio, and it's just making Edward, like, talk louder. So, looks like Greg has been there for seven days, and Edward's like, ugh, seven days with two grounded teenagers. So, of course, Edward's like, how many more days do we have to put up with this? And Kate's like, 49 so, Marie comes in, says that they're having halibut for dinner, and Kate's like, well, wait a minute, isn't uh, Greg allergic to seafood? And she's like, yep, that's what he told me. So, someone's at the door, let's find out who. So, Dexter comes in, and Kate's like, did you get Bobo the Clown? And Dexter's like, more like Bobo, he's like, Bobo the Bandit is more like it, that twit wanted 200 bucks. And of course, Kate's like, well, we gotta have somebody to entertain the kids while we get... You know, the the parents, the check. And of course, Marie's like, he's like, I have a friend who eats live snakes for $50. Like, ew, that purse snake? Dexter's gonna be a clown at this thing? Oh my gosh. He picked up some books and some props. Oh my gosh. To see Dexter in a clown outfit, that would be funny. So apparently, Kate is going to be Dexter's lovely assistant in this whole magic show. Of course, Edward's like, oh, I'll do it. And of course, it's like, no, you need to be master of ceremonies. Kate can be the assistant. So of course, you know, he, Dexter's going to want to work on the routine with Kate so she knows how to, for everything. That way it goes great. And there's no hiccups during the actual performance. Rick is trying to get out of grounding early, apparently. It's like, Dad, you have a great leniency for forgiveness and... Charity, and of course, Edward knows exactly where he's going with this. Like, forget it, Rick. Let's see what this present is that Edward ordered for Rick. Which, like, dude, he's grounded. He shouldn't be getting any gifts. It looks like the size of a VHS tape. Let's find out. Hey, what's this? It's got my name on it. I ordered it for you. <laughs> a present while you're grounded? Yeah, really. Really? What is it? There's a little something to help you pass the time. In a plain brown wrapper? I love it already. <laughs> the facts about alcoholism. Oh, gosh. I called a friend of mine in Alcoholics Anonymous, had him send out a bunch of stuff, and I want you to read it. Dad, don't you think you're overreacting? No, I don't. I'm not going to be looking over your shoulder all your life, you know, son, and I think you should know a few facts about drinking. A few facts? <laughs> You've got lots of time. Greg, I think you should take a look at that, too. Well, I intend to, sir. Thanks a lot. Not. Yeah. I think I'm right. I only touched it for a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're not going to read this stuff? You just told my dad you would. I haven't touched a drink since I've been here, have I? Well, no, but... Then I don't need these. Is drinking jeopardizing your job or business? <laughs> See, this stuff isn't for me. No, but maybe this one is. Ooh, how young people can tell that drinking is a problem. Do you lose time from school because of your drinking? No, never. Does it bother you if somebody says maybe you drink too much? No. 
And you're really making me mad. <laughs> well, I was 100% wrong. It's not a VHS tape. It's a bunch of alcohol is bad for you, bad for teens pamphlets. And he's like, well, Rick, you got plenty of time. You may as well start perusing some of that stuff. Apparently, like, a buddy of his who works at one of those teens and drinking places, <laughs> junior, you know, alcohol anonymous, AA for junior, um, you know, teens or something like that. So it's like, dude, you got time. You may as well start perusing some of that stuff. Granted, he's not really the one that has the problem as Greg does. And... Edward's like, well, Greg, you may as well look through it, too. And he's like, oh, yes, sure, Mr. Stratton. I'll get right on that. As soon as Edward goes into the kitchen, it's like, ugh, don't, I, ugh. Get those pamphlets away from me. And, of course, Rick starts going through them. Like, hey, I think you need to read these, too. And he starts going through, like, have you ever lost time because of school or been kicked out? Or have you ever gotten irritated when someone says you drink too much? And apparently Greg says, well, I haven't had a drop to drink since I've been here. Yeah, right. The guy's been drinking for a while. He can hide it from people. Rick's in his room. Of course, where else is he going to go? The stereo's not. Oh, I see uh, Greg's been bedding down on the floor in a sleeping bag. That's nice. But Edward's going to visit with Rick and see how things are going. He's reading pamphlets. He's going through those pamphlets. Glad to see you're catching up on your reading. <sighs> One more pamphlet, and I'll need to have my eyes rotated. <laughs> Where's Greg? He went to talk to his dad about letting him come home. He has more luck with his father than Kate did. So do I. He said seeing the way you and I get along gave him the courage to try. Yeah, right. You don't give up, do you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll drop the grounding for a few hours, we're going to give the check to the camp fund tonight, and I thought you might want to see the presentation. Can Greg come with us? You know, just in case it's boring. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Oh, Dad, I didn't mean your speech, I meant the other things, like, well, you know, the... I'm going to call Greg now and see if he can come. Maybe Marie will come too, if I pay her. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Mitchell. It's Rick Stratton. Could I speak to Greg, please? <laughs> he's not there? Of course he's not. Well, when did he leave? <laughs> he's never been there? Well, he left here over an hour ago. <laughs> never mind. I'm, I'm sorry to bother you. <laughs> Dude, the kid needs more help than you can actually give him. Oh, he's ready to admit he's got a pro. Yeah, there's that vodka. I told you that kid's good at sneaking that shoe stuff. <laughs> so Edward comes in, sees that uh, Rick's reading the pamphlets. He's like, yeah, one more pamphlet and I'll have to have my eyes rotated. So Rick, or Edward tells Rick, I can let you off of your grounding for a couple hours so you can come to this benefit with me as I give the, you know, my speech and the check and everything like that to the parents. And of course, Rick wants to invite Greg, 
who's gone to talk to his dad about letting him come home, which I figured right away that that's baloney. That's major BS, because no. Like I said, this kid is good. Anyone that wants to drink is going to find a way. And this kid clearly has a problem, like, because Rick ends up finding a bottle of vodka in his room after he calls Greg's father to check in and say, hey, is Greg there? Apparently, yeah, just like I thought. Greg's not been there. He's not been there at all. And he's been gone for over an hour. He's probably out getting, you know, sauced. It's like, I know that Rick wants to be a good friend and help his friend, but clearly this boy needs more help than you can give him. You're not an AA meeting and you're not a detox center. And you're not a rehab clinic. So Dexter and Edward are in their tuxes. Of course, Dexter's going to be the magician. He's got, I don't know how he convinced, uh, Marie to get inside that cabinet where you saw someone in half. He must be paying her a lot of money. And Dexter's like, I can't do this. I can't even slice bread. Rick's like, hey, I think I'm going to stay home tonight. And Edward's like, what? You don't want to watch me pull a rabbit out of a hat? And, of course, poor Marie's like, how about a lady out of a box? And it's like, all right, we'll get you out. And apparently she's stuck. Oh, my gosh. That would be the worst thing for anyone that's claustrophobic in any way. And that's got to be one of the most claustrophobic feelings that you can feel be in is to be in one of those boxes. And not being able to get out. Ah! Kate comes down. Like, I'm not going to be anyone's assistant. Edward's like, you get to be my assistant. She's like, I'm not going to be anyone's assistant. And he's like, why are you wearing a raincoat? And she's like, it's because of this costume. I bet it's extremely revealing. You don't even get to see it, but Edward's eyes are like, whoa, I think that's a bit much. And of course, it's like, yeah, I think that it's in perfectly good taste, dear. And he's like, what do you think, Marie? And Marie's like, yeah, what there was of it. There's, Yeah, it's probably extremely revealing. I could get why she'd be self-conscious. She's going to be performing in front of children. Alright, looks like it's going to be a big confrontation between Rick and Greg here. Let's see how this goes. Hey there, bud. Yeah, he's really good. Tripping over a chair. Problem, Greg? No, no, just clumsy. You know me. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so, how'd it go with your dad? You know, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. We were talking like a real family for once. <laughs> my dad even hugged me on my way out. It was kind of nice. Gee, that's a real heartwarming story. You should tell it to your dad sometime. I called him, Greg. You never got there. Well, I can explain that. Yeah? Well, can you explain this? That would be a little harder. <laughs> Do you think I'm some kind of idiot? A six-year-old could tell you've been drinking. Okay, Warden, you caught me. I surrender. Go ahead and put the cuffs on me. You've got a drinking problem, Greg. Making jokes won't change it. You're right, Rick. I'm sorry. I'm stopping tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, sure you are. I fell off the wagon. I know. I was stupid. Greg, you're not stupid. You're sick. Look, this is getting old real fast, Stratton. Now, I may drink, but I don't have a problem. I drink for fun. Sure. 
You drink in the morning? You hide your liquor? You drink alone? Is that fun? I know a lot of kids like that. So do I. They're alcoholics, too. Now look, I don't need you to get on my case. I can get that from my old man. Greg, face it. You can't stop drinking on your own. Give me this. You want me to lock myself up just because you read a pamphlet? Forget it. Greg, you can't stay here anymore. What? No, you heard me. If I let you stay here, you're just going to keep drinking. I thought you were my friend. Greg, don't you understand? I am your friend. Look, all you've got to do is pick up the phone. Oh, yeah, sure, I get it. You're too good to have some wino stinking up your house, right? Well, I'll see you around, friend. Greg, where are you going? Hey, that's my problem, rich boy. Yo! How can a person watch wrestling with all this fighting going on? <laughs> Greg, wait! It's nothing, Murray. Well, for nothing, it sure sounded like something. And that door shouldn't be open. I'll get it. Don't worry. Oh, no. Greg, stop! So let's go back. I mean, I, w- I did not expect it to happen that way. I thought that Rick was going to be in a car with Greg. And I thought they were going to get into an accident. That's how I imagined this happening. I didn't imagine it happening the way that it happened. So let's jump back to Rick's room. Greg comes in. Clearly he's sloshed. Trips over a chair. Anybody who's anybody, even a visually impaired person, can tell this young man is sloshed just completely drunk and rick's all like he knows he knows that greg's gonna tell him a lie he's like so how'd it go with your dad and greg's like oh yeah he hugged me it felt like you know we talked he felt like a real family he even hugged me on the way out and of course rick's like yeah hmm, heartwarming story you might want to tell it to your dad sometime oh by the way i called you weren't there. You've, you were never at your dad's. So what have you been doing for the last hour? Out getting drunk. Now Rick grabs that pamphlet and starts saying like, Hey, do you drink to escape your problems? You drink alone. Do you drink morning, noon, and night, basically? And of course, Greg's like, Hey, you don't know my problems. Get off my case. You're worse than my old man. If I wanted to listen to someone scream at me, I'll go home and listen to that. So he leaves, and then it gets downstairs to the whole, you have a problem, you need to get help because you're sick. You can't stop drinking. So Marie comes in, she's watching wrestling. Like, I can't hear the TV with all this fighting going on. And Greg just is like, I'm out, I'm out of here after... Rick says, you can't stay here anymore. Okay, I don't want you here anymore. Because all you're going to do is drink if you stay at my house. And Greg's like, well, some friend you are, Mr. Rich Boy. You're afraid some wino's going to stink up your house? So he leaves. 
Greg leaves, of course, and Rick's like, I'll take care of it. All of a sudden, we hear the gunning of a car engine. Rick's like, Greg, don't! And all of a sudden, we hear the... And it's just this, ah! And did he back over Rick? Did he, like... Rick was, like, in front of the car, like, don't, don't leave. Don't, just get out of the car. And the kid just kind of, like, just bumped him and knocked him to the ground. Maybe hit his head, got a concussion. Let's go to the hospital. Gosh, I really did not think that's how this episode was going to wind down. Because I kept looking at the time. I'm like, there's, like, five minutes left of this episode. How is this going to come into play? Real quick, before we get to the hospital, after you hear Rick, like, ah! Greg sobers sobers up a hundred percent. It's like I'll get an ambulance. He's on the phone. Like I have, I there's an accident here. Someone's hurt. Please hurry. So now let's get to the hospital. So what do you want now? <laughs> Can I have another glass of milk. You press my button for that. <laughs> Hi. Oh, my God. Rick? Are you all right? I'm okay, really, Dad. If it weren't for the shoulder sprain and the concussion and stitches, I'd feel great. <laughs> Marie said you tried to stop Greg from taking my car. He was drunk. I couldn't let him drive. So you let him back over you? <laughs> it was an accident. When I get my hands on that kid... Dad, he's an alcoholic. He didn't know what he was doing. Son, there is no excuse for what he did. Excuse me. Oh, he's gonna kill him? You out! Edward, this is a hospital. I don't care. You out! I know that I'm not wanted around here, but please... Can I talk to Rick for a second? You don't think you've done enough? Dad, it's okay. No, it's not. We'll be right out in the hall, son. Don't let him off the hook just because he's been drinking. I can't help it. <laughs> Bet the chicks really go for that outfit, huh? What do you want from me, Greg? I came to say I'm sorry, Rick. I really hope we can still be friends. <laughs> what do you say? No. I say forget it. Yeah. Rick, you know, I trusted you. You let me down. You're right. I did. You don't need friends. You don't even want friends. Can't argue with that. Stop agreeing with me. It's really annoying. You're right. I'll stop. <laughs> Greg, you can do whatever you want, because I don't care. Just don't bug me anymore. Hi. How you doing? Okay, I guess. Excuse me. Hello. I'm the patient. I guess you didn't notice me. I'm being very brave about the pain. Uh, well, Greg is a friend. It's all right. I was going to tell him as soon as he stopped yelling at me. Wendy's the ward nurse for the CDC. What's that? The Chemical Dependency Center. I'm checking myself in. I know it's not going to solve everything, but at least it's a start. Is he serious? Yes, he is. Greg, we have to be getting back now. Just a second. You know, I always had these really good reasons for drinking. Like, 
moving around all the time and my dad acting like such a creep. That's not a reason to drink, kid. But I saw what I did to you tonight, Rick, and well. <laughs> Greg, your parents are downstairs. We really should get started on the paperwork. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry I laid you up like this, Rick. If there's any way I can make it up to you, really. You could take driving lessons. <laughs> you guys aren't going to believe this. But Greg checked himself into a treatment center. He did? Yeah, just now. Well, that's good news. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure you feel a lot better. I'll tell you what would really make me feel better. Getting Greg to trade nurses. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> oh, man. Kate and Edward come into the hospital room and it's just Kate's like, oh my god. Because he doesn't he doesn't have any scratches on his face or any you know, cuts or anything like that, but he's got you know, his head bandaged up, he's got his arm in a sling, and he mentions about uh a shoulder spring, some stitches and stuff like that. And other than that, he feels pretty good. So Marie informed Edward that Greg tried to take his car, and Rick tried to stop Greg. And Rick's like, well, I couldn't let him drive. He was drunk. And Kate's like, so you let him back over you? And Rick is like, look, it was an accident. And of course, you know Edward's angry. He's like, when I get my hands on that kid. And of course, Rick's like, Dad, he's an alcoholic. It's like, that may be, but that does not excuse his behavior and his actions. He could have killed you. By running you over. You're lucky all you got was a concussion and a broken arm. Of course, Rick is like, well, he didn't know what he was doing. <sighs> Give me a break, he didn't know. That kid looks like he was drunk this entire two-part episode. And he probably was. Like, as soon as his hangover is, like, done with, I mean, he's still drinking to clear up that hangover. Isn't that the whole thing, the hair of the dog that bit you? Like, oh, if you have a hangover, don't drink water, just keep drinking. Like, alcohol or something like that. I don't know. Of course, Edward's like, son, there's no excuse for what he did. Cut to the door. Look who just walked in. And Edward, in his... I'm surprised he didn't lunge at Greg. He's like, you. Out. <laughs> and, of course, Kate's like, Edward, we're in a hospital. He's like, you. Of course, Craig's like, I know you don't want me here, but can I talk to Rick for a sec? And of course, Edward's like, huh, you don't think you've done enough? I'd be like, you could have killed my son. I don't want you anywhere near him. Oh, Edward and Kate leave to give Rick and Greg a minute. And of course, Greg's like, oh, I bet the chicks really go for that outfit. And of course, Rick's like, he's not laughing. He's like, what do you want, Greg? Greg's like, oh, I'm sorry, Rick. I really hope we can be friends. And I'm like... And Rick... Ugh. I liked Rick's answer. He says, I say forget it. Like, you don't need me as a friend. 
A guy, you do fine just drinking by yourself. You don't need a buddy. And he's been taking advantage of Rick the whole time. If it weren't for this kid, I'm not saying that Rick never would have touched alcohol as a teenager or been tempted in other ways, but this guy was not a help at all. And, and you know, Rick's telling him, like, you know what? You let me down. It's like, you don't even want friends. And it's, now yeah, the, and then the kid's like saying, I'm, you, you know, his excuses for, dr- you know, my reasons for drinking, you know, moving and, and, and my dad. It's like, those are excuses. Those weren't good reasons to drink. And not to mention you're 16, 15 years old. You don't need to be finding your life at the end of a bottle. I like Rick's attitude. Like I said, he has every right to be, you know, pissed at at Greg. It's like, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Just don't bug me anymore. It's like, I don't want to have anything to do with you, quite frankly. Of course, this nurse comes in and you think she's supposed to be there for Rick, like, but then she, like, grabs onto Greg's arm. Like, what's this all about? Turns out she is a nurse for the CDC, which is the Chemical Dependency Center, where he's, Greg's just admitted himself. So at least he's going to get help. So good for him. At least that's a start. His parents are downstairs, so at least they're there to see him. Like, oh my goodness. Like, dude, you got a long road ahead of you as far as recovery. And it's not like that's something that's always going to go away now. Now that he's got a taste for it, it's something that he's going to have to, that sobriety, he's going to have to work for every single day of his remaining life. According to IMDb, we do not see him again, so that's probably just as well. So he, Greg and the nurse leave, Kate and Edward come in, and Rick lets him know that Greg admitted himself to a chemical dependency center. Of course... Rick is making a joke about, you know what would really make me feel better? Getting Greg to trade nurses. And of course we see that mean nurse with a syringe in her hand, like, threatening to, like, (laughs) I don't know. And that's how the episode ends, him smirking and smiling. Like, I guess it's good that he didn't have any other, I mean, I'd be checking out that concussion, make sure there's no long-lasting effects down the road. Um, but other than that, I mean, (sighs) we see he's going to recover, whether we get a call back to this episode and his drinking and I don't think we do. And that, like I said, you know, that's the episode. I thought it was, you know, good. But of course now I'm judging the episode as a whole, you know, parts one and two. And, um, I gotta say... I kind of liked the first part better than the second part. Because it dealt with, um... Well, actually, no, now that I think about it, the second part was all the stuff that happened. And the first part is just a build-up to the second part. But, you know, like I said, I want to judge it as a whole. I'm going to give it, um... You know, five out of five just for the message of, you know, kids being tempted to drink. Edward, of course... Sitting Rick down and telling him, well, he didn't really so much tell him about the dangers of drinking, but he did give him and Greg pamphlets. The fact that Rick had to get hurt just for this kid, Greg, to realize what he's doing is wrong and he needs to get help for himself. That that's the one thing that took him 
to realize he needed to check himself into a chemical dependency center. I like that. I mean, Edward is realizing now in some of these episodes as Rick is getting older and making choices that some teens are faced with, you know, pressures and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I wish my, he was, it was so easy when he was 12. It's like, you got a road ahead of you. You got at least another three years before your son graduates high school and is off to college and everything like that. It's like, parenting a teenager, I've never done it because I don't have kids, but I'm sure it's not a cakewalk. Sure, you missed, like, age, like, infancy all the way to 11 years old, but you get probably the harder part is, you know, you're having to hit all the hard areas of temptations with you know, like I said, alcohol, you know, um, trying to get good grades in high school, being able to get into a good college, pressures of, you know, with Rick dating and pressures to have sex and stuff like that. So it's like, this isn't, yeah. But I think honestly, Edward is learning that, like, it's just going to, the, the parenting is going to get harder. You're going to have to see that he's not a little boy anymore. He's not just doing these fun little pranks. He's going to need your help and guidance along the way. And thank goodness he's taken, you know, he's taking it seriously. The, he's not like, oh, son, we all make mistakes. He's not doing that. He's holding Rick accountable for his action, which you, he should be doing anyway. So, Silver Spoonful with that, just... I know you don't like to, you know, teenagers and parents, this is the most critical time where kids need to pay attention to their parents' lessons, especially when it comes to, you know, drinking and and drugs and driving and, you know, sex and all that, all that stuff that parents and teens, the hot button topics, they don't want to have to talk about but you're gonna have to so just make your kids aware of the dangers of drinking and of all this other stuff as long as they're aware of it and just say to them I don't want you to do this but if you do get into a situation know that you can call me day or night and I will come get you all right let's look at the next three episodes I'll be covering of season four for next week, we have Season 4, Episode 19, entitled Movie Madness. Rick is bent on winning the annual student filmmaking contest. We have Season 4, Episode 20, Rick Sings. Rick becomes famous when he subs for the lead singer in his rock band. We have Season 4, Episode 21, The Way We Weren't. When With Kate and Rick both out of the house, Edward is left alone with his ex-wife. Why is she there? Why is she not in London? Where she needs to be? Are we going to hear anything about that Duke that she married from season three? I don't know. We might. All right. That being said, guys, have a good week and stay home, stay safe, and stay positive. We will get through this.